Welcome back to the VHS Files podcast, and tonight we're talking about one of the first movies I ever saw in the theater. Wow. Harry and the Hendersons. That was your first movie you saw in the theaters? I think I spoke about this on our Beetlejuice episode. I cannot remember if it was Beetlejuice or if it was Harry and the Hendersons, but one of those two movies, and I think after watching this, I feel like this was the first movie I saw in the theater. That's very sweet. When the movie opened, when we watched it last night, like I went back to being a kid and I was like, I remember vividly the opening, the first person point of view, all of that stuff. Like it just brought me back to being like seven years old, man. It was I crazy. Felt the nostalgia on this one too. Yeah. Definitely. Yes, for sure. And, and I didn't really see it coming. I had watched it kind of recently in history and I wasn't super excited to go back to it, but yeah, that nostalgia really does kick in. Oh, Lord, Lord God. And it's funny for a movie that I saw that I know was one of the first movies I saw in the theater. Like this isn't one that I revisit all that often. I watch it every now and again. And I think this time watching it and knowing we were going to be talking about it for the podcast, like just it, it opened up the floodgates of like all of those nostalgic memories of this movie. And I forgot about a lot of what happens in this movie and we'll get into that. But uh, yeah, Harry and the Hendersons, 1987, directed by William Deere. The story came my way through a, a guy named Bill Martin, probably one of the best comedy writers I've ever worked with. And he and his partner, Ezra Rapoport, had a, about a 25 page sitcom script called Harry and the Hendersons. And their intent was to be a half hour series. But I basically said to them, I think this is a bigger idea than a sitcom. I think that we should explore this as a movie because no one has taken the kind of look you guys took at Bigfoot where he could be a lovable soul. He, he could be a very innocent being uh, hiding under a very scary furry beast. He is most notable for a couple of things. One of the sequels to The Sandlot <laughs> and Angels in the Outfield. I was like, oh, this guy did that movie too. I thought the game started at one. It does start at one and you're a jackass. No, I'm a pitcher. Oh, no, you, you missed the best one. If looks could kill with, what's his name, Richard Greco or whatever his name was. Well, just who do you think I am? Michael Corbin, deep cover agent for the CIA. Michael Corbin, French class reject. I actually don't think I've seen If Looks Could Kill. I remember it being on cable a lot when I was younger, but I don't think I ever sat down and watched that one. I've, I've seen like bits and pieces of it, but I could not tell you the plot to save my life right now. And he directed some uh, dinosaurs, the TV show. Ah, okay. I didn't watch that either. Not the mama, not the mama. Not the mama. Not the mama. Uh, I watched that. But uh, Harry and the Hendersons, a budget of $10 million bucks, uh, raked in $50 million at the box office. So a big success at the time when it came out. And I didn't know this until we watched it this time, but the, the, the black screen appears. And then that, that title card comes up and it says, Amblin Entertainment. And I was like, God damn it, Steven Spielberg. And he's uncredited as an executive producer on this movie. So, and there's definitely some Spielberg feel to some of this, like E.T. For sure. Well, I, I was thinking this movie must just fall slightly short of how we feel about how movies like E.T. and Goonies are remembered. Mm -hmm. it, it like falls just short of that to where 
you don't really talk about it or hear about it all that much. But when you watch it, it's right up there with those. I would put it up there with those. I may have had some different feelings about it on this watch just because it was nostalgic. I think I may have had some some things that I was like, I don't know. Like, why did I like this movie so much a couple of times? Yeah, it's my first blood. Hope you're proud of yourself. It's upper tier. It's upper tier. It's okay. Here's a question. <laughs> What's better, this or Monster Squad? Monster Squad. <laughs> Monster Squad is still better than Goonies, so fuck all of y'all. I dig it, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. Okay, what's better, this or Goonies? Goonies. 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 Don't say that. Never say that. Goonies never say die. I would say Goonies, but I, I would say this is better than Monster Squad. Here you go. Here, here's your, what's better. Harry, special fix, or the werewolf from American Werewolf in London? That's a trick question because Rick Baker did both. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to do this film about Bigfoot. He said, you know, I think you're the only guy in the world that can do this. You know, he says, I, you know, I'm familiar with your work and I find that the stuff that you do, you, you give your character a soul, you know. So I liked all the stuff that he was saying. <laughs> you know, I said, I like you. <laughs> These are pretty darn good. Oh, yeah. Dude. Yeah, uh, yeah, we could talk. We'll, we'll get more than that in the episode. But, dude, yeah, that's one of the things I remember the most about this is how I thought Harry was real. I mean, yeah. when I was yeah. a kid, I mean, dude, he moved. He is. It, it looked, I mm -hmm. thought it was a real person and it, they just put prosthetics on him. Great. It looks amazing. Oh, yeah. It, still yeah. Looks it holds perfect. up. Yeah. To the makeup yeah. is top notch. There's a being in there who's thinking, who's reasoning, who can make decisions, who uh, has the ability to care. That was the emotion I wanted to convey the most, that just there's this gentle, intelligent soul inside this big beast. And Jason, you picked this movie to talk about this week, so uh, any particular reason, or, or is, this, is this a childhood favorite of yours, or you know, let us know what, what was the, the meaning behind picking this movie to talk about tonight? We always pick on Eric because we keep picking movies from 1987, so he loves <laughs> doing his back in time 1987, make him work harder. And that's why I picked it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, no, when you think of movies from 1987, man, we think of the, the the big monster classics that we've talked about, action movies and stuff like that. But I mean, as a kid, I mean, when I remember watching the trailers for this on TV and you're like, dude, mom, I want to go see this thing about Bigfoot. Because when you're a kid, dude, you love Bigfoot, dinosaurs, and the Loch Ness Monster. I was all into <laughs> sure. all of those Absolutely. when I was a kid. Yeah. And they talk about Loch Ness Monster Except in this Josh, movie. Josh yeah. didn't give a yeah. shit about dinosaurs or whatever dinosaurs that's funny because i don't recall seeing the trailer for this like i remember I, do. I, I don't remember if it was the first movie i saw in the theater it was either this or beetlejuice but i do remember like going to the movies to see a movie i wasn't aware i was seeing like I, nobody like they may have told me we were going to see Harry and the Hendersons, but I don't recall. And I remember sitting down to watch the movie and then it started and I was like, oh, we're watching this movie. Like I knew nothing about it when I saw it the first time. So it was it was a surprise to me in that regard and a surprise that I, I loved it as much as I did when I was a kid. But I mean, it's a good story, man. It's it, not only is it got a lot of humor, man, there's some a good emotion, family things going on there. And uh, us relating to animals as humans yeah. and the things that we think about the world. And Harry's, man, Harry will touch, touch you right there Absolutely. in this movie. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Just the facial expressions. No words said. Oh man, that those eyes, man, yep. it'll make you cry. <laughs> so, but yeah. Yeah. And the eye, you know, the eyes being an actor's eyes really sells the the drama from his face. Like his eyes are real eyes. Someone's acting under there. That's where you make that connection with him. I, I felt very strongly as the saying goes that eyes are the window to the soul. And I really thought this, those need to be Kevin's eyes. So the mask was designed in a way so that we would utilize Kevin's eyes. It was very important that he would he could look John Lithgow. He could look the characters in the eyes. He could look the audience in the eyes. And you would go, there's humanity in there. There's there's a sensitive being in there. There's somebody who, even though they can't speak, they're bigger than me. I fear him because of his size. He fears me because of civilization. But yet we can't take our eyes off each other. And that's, that's what I was striving for. I think that's what Rick was striving for. You know, if he had little, you know, ping pong ball eyes, we, <laughs> we, wouldn't, be, we wouldn't be connecting the way we do. Yeah. I remember all this talk about you know when when predator came out predator came out same year and there was all this talk about you know this big tall guy that played with that was in the suit for the predator and whatnot and then somewhere somehow my mom was like oh uh, the guy who did the predator did harry from harry and the hendersons i was like what like that blew my mind when i was a kid oh, i didn't know that now yeah yeah what? It's, it's the same i guy. just learned What's that this? you guys I, i'll tell you at the heart of it all what was what made it work is that kevin was a good actor Kevin was seven foot two, and Kevin wanted to be Harry from the time he came in. I mean, we interviewed a lot of people, big gangly people that had done suit work before, and, and but when Kevin came in, there was something about it. You could see the passion to bring Harry to life, and it was really, once we saw Kevin, there was no question. <laughs> he sort of embraced Harry from the inside, and that's the best thing that could have happened because our suit was a very much an outside thing but it needed, it needed that heart and soul on the inside. And that, you know, came out through the eyes and his movements and, uh, and the way he took that whole being of Harry and made it very, very human. That's and cool. Predator 2. He did Predator 2. Awesome. Oh, right on. What yeah, was his Ke name? Kevin Peter Hall was the guy in the yeah. suit. Yeah. He, uh, he had a, uh, a little uh, part in Big Top Pee Wee, too. Yeah. Yeah. He did little parts like that in a lot of movies. But, yeah, I mean, that's what he's known just being a big, tall guy. Sure. And yeah, when you're watching this, you know, of course, we all love Predator, you know, and then you find out Predator is hairy. You're like, oh, yes. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> so that's a hell of a resume right there. Wow. You go from killing people to saving animals and hugging yeah. people. <laughs> so. Well, Jenny, do you have any fond memories of when you saw this first or, or the first time you saw it? I don't remember the exact first time I saw it, but I do remember watching it a lot when i was younger did, i did you see it in the theater i don't remember yeah but i do know i think we had it taped off of tv mm -hmm. yeah and we did. i just watched it all the time yeah um and you know watching it last night i was like i can totally see like how this movie and probably some other movies from my childhood like fostered my love of animals oh yeah yeah. I, yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. For yeah. sure. Like, yeah. just such strong messaging Yeah, in this movie. And we can talk about that a little later. But I, I can see it, you know. Oh, for sure. Oh, maybe it's right on the nose. I mean, how do we know? Maybe it's not vicious at all. Maybe it's gentle, even has feelings. Where'd you dream of that shit? Before we get into that, Eric, 
let's go back in time. We're sending you back in time. <laughs> Well, Josh, uh, in 1987, the L.A. Lakers center Kareem Abdul-Jabbar scored his 36,000th NBA point. Uh, Yeah, crazy. Uh, Afterwards, he celebrated with an ice Kareem cone. (laughs) Lightful. Uh, seven of New York City's top mafia bosses were sentenced to 100 years in prison each in 1987. Um, you know, we actually had some arrests around here at the uh, local tennis club here. Yeah, they. Uh, it's, it seems like they're being charged with racketeering. A man named uh, Paul Perriman? Pierman jumped uh, 21 barrels on a skateboard in 1987. Nice. Far. Um, you guys know what plants uh, skateboarders like to grow? Face plants. We all know what kind of plants they really like to grow. <laughs> Tomato plants. Yeah. And finally, uh, what's for dinner in 1987, Josh? Oh shit! Pillsbury Doughboy pizza, son. Dude, I remember that. Yeah. Oh yeah. There he is. Beep beep. Fizz, fizz, fizz. Those are good, but I prefer the Red Baron. I agree. Red Baron was better for sure. Yes, it was. Talk about nostalgia, man! Like Jesus, like all I remember is seeing Pillsbury. Pillsbury commercials when I was a kid and him going (laughs) (laughs) poke him in the belly (laughs) he's a little dough boy (laughs) he's ticklish I'm sorry the best thing ever was the Quiznos gerbils or whatever the fuck they were we love you thorns that was like early internet yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Vi- viral stuff. Yeah, that yeah. was like some early aughts stuff. I just yeah, remember yeah. us seeing those commercials and laughing so hard because they were so ridiculous. Guys, guys, hold on. Sorry, I'm just looking. I feel like I'm looking a little shiny. Uh, makeup. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Uh, I'm ready. I just take it from the top, Jason. <laughs> I'm ready for my close-up, Mr. DeVille. Uh, the opening of this movie, with the, the first-person perspective of Harry going through the woods, like... Survival of the fittest, son. The law of the forest, right? When this movie came on right. in the theater, seeing that, like, I'd never seen something from, per- from first-person's per- perspective before, John Lithgow and his son, and they're hunting. And this is immediately like, oh, shit. Like, it's been so long since we've watched Harry and the Hendersons. I was like, oh, like, it's... And, I, and it gets like this. When I, when there's something I haven't watched a lot, like this movie, I'll kind of get right into the whole thing of like, oh, this movie's going to be blah, 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 because of the gun stuff. And and I, I, I fail to think about where we're going to end up at the end of the movie. We did this recently with Top Gun when we watched it before we went and saw the new Top Gun movie. I was like... 
Maverick is a dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We watched it too, and I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, I didn't remember him being such a jerk. The yeah, whole he's time. this dude is a cocky asshole, and I'm supposed to root for this motherfucker. And like, except, I, I, but I didn't come around at the end. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> the kid is an asshole in the beginning of this movie. Like, yeah, he doesn't understand it. So, no, and I was totally like, this kid at this moment, like. He's storming the Capitol. He's storming the Capitol. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're a butcher, Ernie. Back off, Sarah. It was him or me. Like that fucking rabbit was rabbit, rabbit. Mm -hmm. Man, he was going to kill me. I had to kill him. I had to put him down. It's a rabbit from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. <laughs> like, <laughs> run away. Jesus Christ. You mean storming the Capitol? Yeah. That's what I said. Oh, I thought they said castle. Have fun storming the castle. Think it'll work? It would take a miracle. Bye-bye. You do get that vibe immediately. And, uh, you know, not to pigeonhole hunters, but, uh, yeah, this is like, this feels like right, the right-wing um, Griswolds, you know, here in the beginning. <laughs> Did anybody notice all the animals on the way out? Well, yeah. it's hard to miss them. They focus it, on them. It's adorable. Yeah. Okay, Adorable. what animals were they? Let's see if you paid attention. I wrote them down. There were otters. What animals? We got. Yeah, we saw an otter. There's deer. There was a bear. Yeah, bear. There was a there was a cougar. Yeah, some kind yeah. of mountain cougar, lion. Cougar, mountain lion. Yeah. And that's all a I remember. Skunk? Nope. There's no skunk. A squirrely. Squirrely. A squirrel. And a possum. Oh yeah! That oh yeah! Possum. The possum's the first one. I the remember possum's that one. The possum's the first one. I was like, I wonder how many possums are actually in the Washington State area. I also forgot this movie took place in Washington. I had to think about it twice. I'm like, was this movie in Oregon or Washington? And I said, I, I thought the license plate said Seattle. And it's funny watching it this time. Like I'm picking up on all the little nuances about like the adults in the movie as opposed to the children when you watch it when you're a kid, and uh, you know when they hit. When they hit Harry, they come across something and they hit it. And, uh, you know, the whole time they're in this thing, it's they're on the car trip. They're like John Lithgow saying, oh, I didn't bring my gun because I want to teach him how to use it. And then lo and behold, he actually did bring his gun. That little exchange between he and his wife there. And he's like, exactly why I brought it. For protection. You didn't have to lie. That was a real ass interaction, like right there. Like that's some couple shit right there. Like, just tell me, don't, <laughs> don't lie about it. Just if you're gonna do it, just tell me. And I noticed a little bit of those little nuances throughout the movie this time. Yeah, there's a couple exchange. Even him uh, exchange with the uh, the daughter when she's kind of talking back. You listen to your mother. Mind your mother, I believe. Mind your mother, yeah. They establish like a a realistic family pretty economically, you know, because yeah. there's not a lot of time yeah. before things get crazy, and they do kind of like you get like a minute with them, and they do a lot in a short amount of time. I would say. Now, do, uh, is the damage to the front of uh, front of this car believable? I think I was, it should have been totaled. I mean, I've dude, seen what cars look like when they hit a deer yeah, here in Texas. Yeah, I've been in a car that hit a deer, and I think it would have been worse. They must have just bumped him on the like, this, side. These great. cars were like, were like steel steel bodies, <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. Well, this I'm talking even thing. growing up, like back in the days, you know, uh, 1980s yeah. cars and trucks were made of yeah. nice I guess Detroit it depends steel. on 
did did they just hit his legs and take his legs out from under him kind of a thing how did he land i think he's mostly past the car when they hit him so and of course he lives through the hit so uh, but i was also surprised because like a lot of movies would do in the 80s i'm mostly talking about national lampoon christmas vacation is you know they find the griswold family christmas tree and then magically it cuts to the next scene and the tree's on top of the car like how (laughs) how the fuck did they do this and i thought they were going to go this route here i was like he's just they're just going to put Harry on top of the car and they're going to be driving with him. No, they show you the engineering he's going through to get this thing on top of the car. And I assume this is a real engineering thing for hunters, right? To Maybe. Get... I don't know. I'm not a hunter. I, wow. I assume this is from somebody who needs help getting a, an animal on the roof of their car, but I don't know. Yeah, they, they, they do it. What do we think Harry weighs? Like 500 pounds? Like the big show. I'm thinking the big show, right? Yeah, big Jason? show. Yeah, like uh, for wrestling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah Andre. No, I think he's more Andre the Giant. Uh, okay. I I think th- they're actually pretty similar, but I don't know. They're about as hairy as each other. But he's got to be, <laughs> got to be 450, 500, I would say. Easily. That's why I said I thought there would be way more damage to the front end of that car. I love that moment, though, when, when, uh, when George goes over to check to see what it is and he sees the hand. And it's this just this sheer like I think John Lithgow gives a good like sort of performance of like he's kind of scared, but he's also sort of like this is an opportunity. Like he sees dollar signs. He sees a better life, quote unquote. And you start you like you can kind of see all that go on in his head right there in that moment. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is early Lithgow for me. I This might have been the first thing I ever saw John Lithgow in. It must have been uh, the first thing I saw. Is this before? Uh, I remember him from this and Santa Claus. Santa Claus the movie. The movie? I was going to say, Santa yeah. Santa Claus is the that... movie was the big thing. He was the yeah. bad guy in yep. that. That's because you were probably a naughty boy. Yes. I guess I was no angel. <laughs> He's in Footloose in 84. Yeah, Footloose. Uh, right. dad. I hadn't seen that at the. That's probably about yeah, the I only probably two hadn't times seen before that. At this point. Obscene rock and roll music with its gospel of easy sexuality. Man, I find it hard to believe that I wouldn't have seen Footloose if it had already been out that long, but this is probably the first instance I've seen of Santa him. Claus the movie was in 85. Yep, so yeah, it would have been yeah, I didn't Footloose, see, Santa Claus the movie, and then this. I didn't I see Santa Claus. This. I didn't see Santa Claus the movie until you showed it to me when we were together, dude. That's I a, saw it when I was little. So. Dude, that's a classic. If you want to do Christmas, and you know me, I hate talking Christmas before Halloween. But if you're Christmas time, you got to watch that, dude. That's it's, just a must. It's not in regular rotation in our house, <laughs> unfortunately. Oh, oh, see, Jenny just gave you the <laughs> eyeballs, buddy. She said you're watching it this year. But yeah, I do that whole ingenuity, the big ass damn feet on the hood of that car. It gives you a good size reference because we all grew up. Everybody, somebody had the big station wagon. Oh, yeah. yeah. In the neighborhood. So you've seen the size of these feet on the hood of the car and you're like, holy shit. I mean, he's massive and his foot is big. (laughs) (laughs) It's not just a clever name. Keep in mind that this was at a time where I didn't think Bigfoot was real, but I wasn't totally sure. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it was the 80s. Like, there was no Internet. You know, you anything could be out there. Yeah, you really don't know. You still don't know. I, 
but you know it's different now than it was then we'll say we, we got a dead bigfoot on the roof because we've figured out he's actually dead now it's all in how you look at it but yeah dude that initial screaming face in the windshield of the car dude they and got then a, when he hits the brakes he flies like super it got a laugh out of me yeah. <laughs> it's probably been 10 plus years since i've watched this movie easily. yeah and I'm I I fucking about fell out of the chair. <laughs> There's ass. a lot of really funny moments in this movie. Yeah, like it's funnier than I remember. <laughs> uh, but you know, five o'clock in the morning rolls around, and he's like, "Oh, I gotta I gotta get I gotta figure out what this thing is." Like he's again seeing these dollar signs. He's like, "We could get rich off this thing." A freaking flashlight spinning around. It's kind of scary. That's a good you reveal. Think? It is. Yeah, it is good. You get the nice good reveal of the the mighty rick baker's work and you're like dude this is fantastic and then you really like you said you see the first thing of his face and he's scary and he's screaming and everything like that you realize yeah like you said it is a person's eyes but the whole face is all puppets i th- well, well i mean you got a- the eyes that are the aspect of it but i think those those huge white teeth yeah. Are the other part of it, man? No way, but this teeth are that white. <laughs> hey, you don't know, man. Maybe there's some kind of thing he he keeps his teeth brushed. <laughs> I don't know. No, it, it is a great balance between, you know, something that could look imposing or scary in the right light or yeah. the right angle with the right look on its face, and something that can look completely lovable and sweet. Mm-hmm. You got to, you know, that's like a, a it's a really good balance. Yeah, uh, I love the design of Harry, and I mean, he might as well be real. That's how I felt when I was a kid. He might as well be real. The first thing I thought as an adult watching this now is, like, would this giant ass Sasquatch go straight into the house? Like, wouldn't he just like dart for normal looking territory, like woods or something? I know you don't get a movie with that, but that's where my adult brain went. Was like, why the fuck did the Bigfoot go in the house? Like, I don't know. I got knocked out. I'm, I'm probably hungry. And I got heightened senses because I live in the woods and I got to smell my food. So I smell the refrigerator. I'm going to go eat. Well, if he can smell the food over his own stench, which they comment on quite a bit. What are you doing? I wanted to ask you guys, what do you think he smells like? Well, think about it, man. They don't have Charmin in the woods. True. (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah, he just probably smells like balls. (laughs) 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 <laughs> so <laughs> he's probably got some dingleberries back there. I mean, he's got like butt dreads. This is probably a good time to talk about Bigfoot's dick. <laughs> <laughs> because Harry is anatomically correct in this film. We don't know if it's male or female. Definitely male. How can you tell? According to the daughter, anyway. you can see it. <laughs> can you? I didn't yes. notice it, but I wasn't looking. I wasn't looking for the dick. Hey, Josh, uh-huh. did you see any pubes? Josh, Josh saw pubes for sure. Josh saw pubes for sure. It all just kind of runs together here. It's not a happy trail. It's just a fucking forest, guys. It's a forest <laughs> of hair. It's curlier there. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple curls there. <laughs> no, but he has like what is essentially a like a cod piece. Like a, he has like a little floppy separate area of fur in his crotch area and you need to go back and look at, at it and uh it's definitely there so is it a sight for sore eyes or uh i, I don't know 
The only thing I noticed watching it now is the perspective of Harry in some of the shots. Like there's the one where he's, you know, when he gets in the basement and the stairs are gone, seems like it's a pretty <laughs> far way down to get to the basement. And he's just yes, like totally. sticking his head right up at the door. And it's like, he's not that goddamn tall. Maybe it's just, it's not a basement. It's just like a crawl space. Oh no, there. Oh, it's a basement. No, it's in a the basement. basement like, yeah. There's a pool table down there. Right. Yeah. He's like, he's like 13 feet tall when he's in the basement. <laughs> right. And, and there's a shot later when they're at the dinner table, when they have the guy over for dinner and Harry walks up behind him. And I mean, he's big, but he's, you know, <laughs> still within scale. And then after that, after he goes through the floor, he's next to the guy and he seems like, he seems like he's 10 times bigger standing next to the guy uh, when he's in the basement. So there's a couple of times where I was just like, wow, like <laughs> they got the size wrong a couple of times. Yeah. Again, I don't know why whenever I first started watching it, like I was so into the fact that it was going to be like almost sort of a pro gun sort of movie, which it completely is not as you oh. go through it. It feels kind of surprisingly anti-gun in hunting. Yeah, yeah, for, yeah a little for bit. something from 87, like a mainstream family movie. Like, I'm kind of surprised there's that much depth to this movie. And it's not really just like a goof, you know? You have uh, the guy who plays Harry and the Predator in 1987 with every gun you can imagine <laughs> think yeah. to go into this. And it's an anti-gun movie. Yeah. I mean, I when think... Mac is freaking shooting that thing, and even when it's out of bullets, it's still spinning. And he just, and it's hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just uh, badass. That's one of the best scenes in that movie, man. That's a that's a great scene, and just the the, and the fact that it's of, a real gun makes it even more badass because you yeah. know it's real, and you're just like, holy shit, that thing's terrifying, you know. And head over and check out our top four guns episode where we talk about our favorite guns in movies. Shoot this link right here. Kick on it right here. But the part you're talking about, the gun, anti-gun, is when he does get his gun and he's going up the ladder. And he's in their room and he's got him in the scope and that zoom in and you see that face, <laughs> dude, you're like, I don't care what kind of man you are. You are not shooting Harry. And George falls in love with him right there, yep. right then and there. That was it. Keep in mind, George has been pressured into this lifestyle by his father. Yep. Harry is in the house and they're watching him from outside Yeah. and he sees, you know, the deer head on the wall. Yeah. And starts to piece together, this is not a live deer with the, you know, whole like feeling around the back. Yeah, he punches the hole through the wall wall to grab his butt. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) And so then he takes it off the wall, buries it in the backyard. (laughs) What this scene made me realize is that the Henderson's house is a much bigger house than it looks like on the outside. Oh, because yeah, when yeah, he yeah. runs in and starts collecting all of the stuffed animals throughout throughout the house, I was like, Jesus Christ, how many rooms does this house have? Like, he's going all over the place pulling stuff <laughs> off the walls. And yeah. George put a crap ton of them in that closet. Yeah. And, you know, Harry sees George watching. Yeah. And he gives him the look. All bad. It's a bad, bad thing. man. How yeah. could you man. do this? Yep. So then, of course, George wants to hide everything from him, and it's quite, quite the collection. Yeah. But is he hiding them because he feels bad, or he's hiding them because all the time spent and money spent? Initially, I think he doesn't want his trophies ruined. That's right. what I'm thinking initially. Right. He doesn't yeah. want to sure. upset the Bigfoot. He hasn't reached his arc of the story, you know, arc of the movie yet either. So I remember when I was little, 
being fascinated by the refrigerator on its side. <laughs> like, because you're not used to seeing a refrigerator like that. And your mind is just like, where is that? And what, you know, just, I don't know, just something about the refrigerator in the middle of the floor is just fascinating. Who keeps peanut butter in the refrigerator? Not me. Not me. Because the Hendersons me. do. The Hendersons do. <laughs> yes, that's true. Good point. Good point, Jenny. Good point. Great point, Jenny. Great fucking point. Yeah, that's that's actually weird because you go to try to spread that. It's just going to rip the bread. What the fuck is wrong? With These are mad people. The kiddo just grabs the egos out of it and sits at the table. Yeah. <laughs> Eat breakfast, man. Well, he's just like, well, I'm going to get my breakfast. There ain't no way I'm picking this shit up. <laughs> the 80s was notorious for having that nosy neighbor character. This is it. The beginning of the end. Once Irene sees it, the whole world's going to know. That was a note I had. Like, you could do a top four list of neighbors. Neighbors, yeah. Yeah. You got Todd and Margot. Yeah. <laughs> and why is the carpet all wet, Todd? I don't know, Margot. But I was also thinking about the neighbor that keeps, <clears throat> or she may even may not be a neighbor, but the lady in Beetlejuice who keeps coming to the house, trying to talk them into selling their house. That's just their realtor. Josh, she's, that's a realtor. No, yeah, the nosy, the nosy person that keeps coming by and you have to like, you have yeah. to, you have some sequence where you're just barely hiding everything, right? These are sequences we've seen many times. I was kind of thinking the neighbor and Uncle Buck. You don't know what you're doing. You're bored out of your mind. You need a little adult supervision. Excuse me? I've probably seen Uncle Buck less than this. Yeah, me for sure. Dude, what the fuck is wrong with you people? We totally get like the the total 80s. I, I'm going to call the cops and tell them about the big monster in my house. And they're laughing at a mm. scene. Right. Of course, yes, they 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 can be a nuisance. Like yep. gremlins and any other thing. Well, you okay. know, they do live in the Pacific Northwest, and yeah. it's like a thing. Yeah, in this case, you can't really blame the, the cops. I blame. Obviously, these are just it's a movie, and don't overthink it. But I always I always think to myself, just say there's a guy in your house. Get yeah. the cops there. Yeah, you know what I mean, like. Bigfoot doesn't make sense. There's yeah. someone in my house. Come help yep. and let them see for themselves, you know? It's in the bathroom. Oh, of course. How stupid of me. They never do that in these movies. They're like, oh, there's a werewolf. No, there isn't. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to talk about George teaching Harry how to sit and stay and all that shit. Yes, the sitting was <laughs> is so fun. Like, that's stuff that would have laughs through the theater. Like, yeah. yeah. When oh he yeah, jumps up like all the kids are gonna lose their shit. I didn't. I I definitely saw this in the theater. By the way, I I I remember seeing this in the theater, and uh, yeah, that's a that's a knee slapper right there. When he's doing that, everyone's losing their shit. Yeah, mm -hmm. kids especially. Like that's a joke for the kids. He's just destroying everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because you know every kid that saw the movie. Like if you're under, you know, the age of ten or something. Every kid went home and they tell them, sit down. And, you know, they're doing the whole jumping up to sit down like Harry. Stand on the couch and do the sit move on the couch. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Got to break the couch in half like Harry. I want to talk about my favorite funny part of the whole movie. The recliner. <laughs> 
that fucking laugh. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> and and I'm sure as a kid I thought that was great. Watching it now, I was like, oh, that seems a little out of place. Like No. No. It's cute. It's cute. I just felt like again the adult in me watching it was just like, oh, that's that's taking me out of it a little bit. Wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> wrong. Go sit in the fucking corner. Wrong. This is where you go fuck yourself. I just go fuck myself. But, but they decide he has to go back. I think he likes it here. You've also got George who's thinking see again, seeing dollar signs. And it's like, well, like there there is that like I do think having George start off kind of shallow about this stuff and then ending up so yeah passionate about it elevates the movie a little bit yes you know like it feels like more than just a goofy family movie yep because mm -hmm. you believe him by the end you know like mm -hmm. he really he puts his kids in mortal danger but <laughs> i'm surprised at what like the amount of things they do with the character development and story in this movie and the fairly short amount of time the movie runs like when does he have a name since right now oh you're saying short this movie's like an hour and 50 something minutes long it doesn't feel that long though yeah. like but that's the thing is you think this is a long movie for the 80s they didn't make long movies like this in the 80s dude you were at 80 90 minutes for almost any kind of movie in the 80s yeah unless it was a big drama what i didn't remember about this movie also was how much harry is not at the house like i i recalled most of the movie being Harry and the Hendersons in the house, like with all this goofy stuff happening. You thought it was called Harry at the Hendersons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did not remember him being out and about in Seattle for as long as he is. In yeah, this. for sure. I have a bone to pick. Should I, should I get into it now? Okay. Go for it. We see at the end of the film, how good these creatures are at stealth. We know from the beginning that, They've managed to stay undetected for decades, mm -hmm. perhaps hundreds of years. For some reason in this movie, Harry is not good at hiding at all. In fact, he's not even trying to hide. He's walking around the city. He's just, he's not sneaking at all. He's literally just walking around. The scene when he walks up to the gated window where all the TVs are, I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck is this guy doing? Like, <laughs> you're supposed to be sneaky. You're Bigfoot. Okay. You got to like, think about this from his perspective though. Like think, think about it from like a Cloverfield point of view where like the, the monster is a baby in a new environment and doesn't know where they are. And there's, things after it well that's a good it's question because i was wondering if he if harry was a young bigfoot but then later you see the short little baby bigfoot so mm -hmm. i assume he's well, just because full grown he's, he's full grown doesn't mean he's old maybe they 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 become full grown very quickly and then they don't mature for years maybe he's a an adolescent he's certainly never been in seattle before certainly not but He's making little effort to keep himself hidden is what I'm I saying. I just don't think he knows any better. Like, because there's nowhere natural for him to hide there. So he doesn't know what to do. What if we're thinking about this all wrong? Okay. Like, what if Harry was that one out of the pack that was like, I don't want to live in the woods, guys. I want to go to the fucking city. I want to be an actor. 
I want to. Yeah. I want to do something with my life. I don't want to live out here eating off the wilderness. I want to be somebody. And he was on his way to the city when when George hit him, and it just helped him out. Like, what's a movie like that? Kingpin. Okay. Yeah. There yeah. you go. Kingpin. Yeah. Kingpin. Yeah. This is just the Bigfoot right. version of Kingpin. Yeah. Give Harry a this bowling ball, and he'll fucking be the dude, man. I'm the dude. This is just the Little Mermaid. I want to be part of your world. <laughs> <laughs> Under the trees. <laughs> Under the trees. Under the trees. Yeah. All right. Well, you guys want to do Almost Famous? Almost Famous. Yeah, I know that, dude. I don't know them. I know her. You Haven't you ever heard of that guy? What, that guy who was in that movie that was out last year? I'm sort of famous for being almost famous. Okay, I'm going to go first. Okay. Mine was Don Amici. That's who I'm going with. You saw this guy in the 80s a lot. No, most notably Cocoon. Yeah. Song. Oh, yeah. Is he oh, in Batteries awesome. Not Included, too? I feel like he was in Batteries Not Included, but I'm not sure. Mortimer Trading Places. Trading and Places coming and to coming America. to America, yep. Mortimer Duke. He was the Duke Brothers. And Shadow in Homeward Bound. Peter. Shadow! Oh, Peter. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's awesome. And he won a fucking Best Supporting Actor for Homeward Bound for Cocoon. Oh. It, oh. Was, it was not him in, in Batteries Not Included. Okay. It was the other guy from Cocoon. I know who you're okay, talking yeah. about. It was not him. Yeah, yeah. it was not that I can tell. I know why you're getting it mixed up, though, because you also have Jessica Tandy, who was also in those movies in Batteries Not Included. And this guy, this guy's been in movies since the '30s, by the way. <laughs> yeah, 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 crazy. Uh, I have M. Emmett Walsh. Who the hell is that guy? That was my um, other one. Who is George Henderson Sr. in this movie? He is, of course, in Blood Simple. Is what I always think of when I see him. He's in Blade Runner. He's in The Jerk. He's in Critters. Fletch. Yes. Fletch, of course. Back to uh, school, raising Arizona. A million things. I'm yeah. trying to scroll through he it. He is in a lot Josh of stuff. keeps saying them before I can say it. <laughs> if you've never seen this guy, I'll eat my hat. And we'll mark on it all the spots where people say they've seen the thing. See? You haven't been watching movies very long. Yeah, yeah you, you haven't been watching hat. TV you or a movies. fucking rock. Yeah. For sure. You just read books. He's usually the crabby old guy. <laughs> yeah, usually. Yeah. Anybody else? Anybody recognized? The neighbor, Lainey yeah. Kazan. Yeah. Uh, can I help you? Isn't she the same actress in My Big Fat Greek Wedding? Like, isn't she the mom? She is in My Big Fat Greek Wedding as Maria Portokalos. 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 Balki Bartokamos. Gili, My Big Fat Greek Wedding 2. Uh, don't Mess with the Zohan. Beaches. Pixels. Beaches. Yes. Beaches. Jenny loves beaches. Yeah. I mean, Kevin Peter Hall deserves to be recognized here. I mean, he did play the Predator twice as well. So. And yeah. lots of other things. But you know what? I did never uh, notice until we did the notes for this. And I always thought she looked familiar. I did not realize that the mom is the mom from A Christmas Story. BB guns are dangerous. I don't want anybody shooting his eye out. You're goddamn right she is. Holy shit. Mm. I did not realize that until you said it. She just looks so different. <laughs> yeah. I did not. Until I sat down, I went, holy shit, that's her. Melinda Dillon. That's right. Is she oh. related to Matt Dillon or Kevin Dillon? She was also in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I don't think so. 
God, that is a Spielberg movie I have not seen enough. Is yeah. Close Encounters. We need but to watch. But you know what else? Movie. The 1990 version of Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> I actually haven't seen that version, and I don't think I want to. <laughs> I've all I've seen is the pieces of it. it. And I'm like, <laughs> I saw it like on TV back way back when, like back then. So I always watch the old Spider-Man, the old Spider-Man <laughs> TV show and the old TV movies. Man, that's still cool. <laughs> I love those. That was awesome. Um, Spider-Man's awesome. Not really an almost famous, but can we give some props up to Lil Bob? Lil, Lil Bob. Lil Bob. Oh, the dog. He's great. Yes, yeah. He's great. So I do love that little Bob represents the compassion that they have for animals. Like mm -hmm. uh, Harry sees the way they treat little Bob, the way they care about little Bob. And they, and that's how Harry really becomes more trusting of them go, Oh, well you're, you do have some compassion for life in some capacity. Yeah. I, I like that connection. Cause Harry feels like a big dog, you know, kind of like a big loyal dog in some ways yeah. and um the big puppy dog eyes yeah yeah puppy dog eyes exactly so so we haven't talked about lafleur's at Lefleur. all hey we didn't talk about him he was the bad guy in iron eagle i have not seen iron eagle so that's why i did not know that what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> how do you never see it? i don't know you who the fuck are you i've never <laughs> seen iron eagle should i have but lewis gossett jr Yes, you should have. I don't Add it to the is. list, Josh. Dude. It goes on the list. If y'all, if you're watching this episode, please tell Josh he needs to watch Iron Eagle. People, put it in the comments. I know Troy from Not a Bomb is screaming at the radio right now. That's a Chuck Norris movie, right? No. Oh, fuck. No. <laughs> yeah, Troy's definitely screaming. <laughs> <laughs> Troy, if you're watching this, tell them they're idiots. Speaking speaking of not a bomb, you can catch Eric on uh, one of their most recent episodes talking about the latest Fantastic Four movie. Yes, I watched. I finally watched Fantastic Four for that for that podcast. Fan Four Stick. Fan Four yeah, Stick. Fan Four Stick. Yeah, Fan I had never stick. seen it, so I hadn't even seen that one. And uh, I don't regret that decision. I enjoyed that episode and listening to them talk about it so much that I actually bought that movie so I could watch it. Josh is always looking for an excuse to buy a movie. You're, You're right. Not kidding. <laughs> even, even bad excuses like like that. Josh pulls a George Henderson. Josh, did you buy a movie today? No, I didn't. I didn't, I didn't buy a movie. And then later, hey, what about this? Well, I bought this movie. I thought you said you did buy a movie. Not gonna say that this exact conversation hasn't happened in our house because it surely has. Lafleur. What's his name? Jacques, Jacques. Lafleur. Jacques Lafleur. What a what an absolute cartoon name that is. What a cartoon like, person. He, yeah, he needed like a curly mustache. <laughs> he might as well be Yosemite Sam. Like he, that's yeah. exactly who he is in this movie. Uh, but we see him from the get go. Like we see him trailing Harry from where the car hit him, licking his hair. Yeah, yeah, man. Just. Yeah, he's like, had to taste it. He had to make sure it was legit. And you know what we said is probably on that hair. So that's nasty. You, you nasty Lafleur. He, he's like definitely stalking. I mean, he goes to the DMV and he's playing it off as though he's trying to find his old army buddy or something. Right. And then he shows up at the house in a shitty ranger outfit uh, to Irene's house, or is that her name? Irene. Or show? Uh, no, he shows up at the Hendersons, but she answers the door. That's right. Yeah, that's a nice little switcheroo they pull on you in the movie, too. You think he's at the neighbor's house, and you're like, 
wait a minute. Like, I remember thinking that this time because he, he take, checks the license plate. And I was like, did they take her car? Like, why is she answering the fucking door? Yeah, a little switcheroo and, and fun having Irene on your side for a, a minute. I like how he just keeps looking around and he's still. It's not a sniff in the house. What's that smell? Harry is loose. It's causing kind of a panic in Seattle. Uh, George's dad decides they're going to be Bigfoot headquarters, mm-hmm. right? Right, because a- a- like George in the beginning, George's dad is all about making a buck. Yeah. And that's why George sees dollar signs at the beginning of the movie. Like, I started yes. putting all this together. He's trying to get his father's approval right. as well. Right. Yeah. And then there's the understory of him being an artist. Mm-hmm. You know, he that's kind of his hobby on the side. I and love it, his drawings, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. They're awesome. Whoever did those, I wonder. And that's where you kind of, that's where George, really, besides seeing him through the scope of the gun, when he's dad tells him to draw the picture, and you can see the emotion he draws in Harry's face when he draws Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. And you well, know he's really missing the big guy. Well, I love that conversation between uh, George and Nancy there. He's like, If I make him look mean and vicious, people are going to shoot first and then worry about the consequences. I it's like drawing a, a wanted poster of your best friend. I love that whole exchange between him and her and then between him and his dad at the, at the shop the next day. I wanted King Kong and you brought me a goddamn giant gerbil. I told you exactly what to do. He didn't even come close. Well, maybe it's right on the nose. I mean, and I think all of that stuff's great and it really gives his character a lot more depth where I was, you know, watching it again this time, I was afraid he wouldn't have any. Yep, you can see the change taking place within him. Yeah. Now, I will say the evil looking version of, of Harry looks pretty fucking cool. <laughs> the, 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 the drawing he does. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but it's sad. Rick Baker did the drawings. They mm-hmm. were concept drawings of nice. Harry. And Harry's based off orangutans. I, I still, to this day, think it's one of my favorite things that I've done. And whenever people ask me that, I always say Harry. Aww. Oh. That's, a, that, that's an aspect of the making of Thriller, the Michael Jackson's making of Thriller that I always loved, is you have a segment in there with Rick Baker showing how he does the werewolf makeup in there. And he does all these different drawings of how it's going to do this metamorphosis. And it was really cool to watch him do all that and that. So, And that's an awesome little detail to the movie, too. Yeah, yeah. and that one drawing that he does that's like just like the charcoal, not for the shop or anything, but he does and right. shows his family, that has some serious orangutan-like features. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, if you're saying like they use concept art, that could be like an early concept right. art for Harry because... It doesn't look quite like him, but, you know, you get the impression. When we're talking about the serious parts, there was a part right before this that I, I found so funny. It's when Harry's out about and he's looking in the window of the lady with the boiling water and she's preparing the chicken. She picks up the chicken and she's trying to stick it down. And then it shoots over. He turns around and sees the jacuzzi, the hot tub boiling. The old man's putting his wife down in the boiling water. <laughs> he like, but his face, he's like, oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> like, what's going That's on, funny. dude? Another one. Like you said, there are parts in here that just, you know, you fall out of the chair. Dude, you're going to laugh. There's a lot of really great, just silent gags with mm-hmm. Harry. You know, just the facial expression. 
That's his it. expressions are great, but also the stuff with like his head popping through the car, yes. the floor bulging up from his head. Oh, I floor. love that. Like, there's so many little gags like that, visual gags, and they're they're really funny. Um, also, stuff with like um, like nonverbal gag stuff, like when the the cop car is going to hit the the TV window, and there's like a there's the crash test dummy commercial on yes. TV. You can't quit this. No crash dummy takes out a utility pole like you do. Some other things like that that are just really like these little silly visual gags that are just there and they're fun. You know, we kept talking about the whole gun thing and you got this like this business guy. I need a big gun. Well, we've got some big guns and some big, big guns, but I'm afraid we're all out of big, big ammo. Who's next? George is losing his shit. He's, yeah. he's pissed off about it, and he, he fucking quits. He leaves his dad. Yeah. That scene reminds me of the rental car scene in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. I want a fucking car right fucking now. You can go back and listen to that episode we did a long time ago on Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. You can get the audio version of that. He just he can't take it anymore. He's tired of his dad's bullshit, making his dad making him live the life that his dad wants him to do and the person he wants him to be. And he says, no, I love Harry. He He's part of our family. And I don't want these fucking idiots going out and shooting him. I mean, like he's trying to get the information where people have seen him. Because right after this is when he, he ran into the reporter where he supposedly attacked the cyclist. I have no doubt that you saw him. But what really happened is when you saw him, you were so scared shitless that you crashed your precious 10 speed into the stop sign, bumped your head on the curb, and probably scared him half to death in the process. I'm right, aren't I? That's what really happened, isn't it? Isn't it? <sighs> yes! Yeah, that's a great scene where he really yeah. just sort of, you know, you know, we're saying Harry all this time. Like, that's the other thing, too, is like George names him. Yeah. And it was George who who started the whole thing. So, but it's cool he was on TV because that's how Harry knows he's still out that's there. Right. It's, it's, so but sweet. you see the attachment Harry has with him. George. Yeah, because I mean he breaks the thing and he just keeps pulling the TVs out just so you can see George's face. And then one after another, you know, the cops have now seen Harry. So. People have witnessed there is a Bigfoot or something running around in Seattle. I don't know if you would call this a visual gag, but one of my favorite parts is when George is looking for him and he ducks into the trash and the cops, like you think the oh, cops yeah. see him and it's a dude with a machine gun. He's, you know how much I paid for this gun? Like, It's <laughs> another shit. guy in the trash at yeah. a slightly deeper <laughs> depth. Yep. And But there's more layers behind that. You got the yeah. guy, and then you got George, and then you got the floor. Like, there's layers <laughs> yeah. to the trash. That's definitely and you a see, guy. And you see yeah. Harry cross the, cross the street in the background. Yeah, it's definitely cartoony, for sure. All right, Jason, whose tagline is it anyway? Hey, taglines. What did Hollywood write? What did I write? Let's see who gets it good tonight. When you can't believe your eyes... Trust your heart. I think that one's real. I think that's too good to be Jason. I think <laughs> it's fake. It is real. It's absolutely real. Ah. <laughs> You're off to a bad start there. You're off to a bad start. Eric, man, you did bad last time. Josh, I think, kicked your ass last time. Bigfoot, Sasquatch. We just call him Harry. Real. Real. You you answered that fast. Have you heard that tagline before? <laughs> Uh, maybe I say, it's fa- I say it's Josh. fake I say it's fake so you got real real fake yep yeah it's Jason 
I wrote it. Oh! <laughs> That's good! So only Josh got that one. It's pretty good. He you like that some one? Good ones. You like yeah. that one? They really throw you. I hate to give him credit, but... <laughs> <laughs> He's no pet. He's family. Real. Fake. Fake. It's... Fake. I wrote it. Yeah. Yes! Damn <laughs> it. Hey, Josh. <laughs> the points don't matter anyway. <laughs> He's more human than you or me. Fake. They wouldn't use me in a tagline, I don't think. They would say <laughs> no, I. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fake. Fake, yeah, I wrote it. Jason! 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 <laughs> Me. Sorry, I had to get Sean Grammer. the marketing executive. <laughs> I had to get Sean Grammer there. Yeah. Okay. All right. We've got two more and we're done. According to science, he doesn't exist. Fake. Real. Real. It's real. <laughs> it's real. I don't like that one. <laughs> No one said it was good. We just said it was real. I don't like it. <laughs> Are you ready? Last one. He's the missing link of their family. Uh, Take. I like it. I want it to be real. I'm going to say real. Yeah, real. Jenny? I said fake. She said fake. I wrote it. Nah. I think Someone Jenny, hire this man. I did pretty good. I, 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 Jenny, I think won. I think she got the I most right. I only missed one. So, <laughs> I okay. Jason needs to be hired to do these. I think he's actually pretty good at it. <laughs> Thank you guys. Yeah. This one was actually kind of a hard one because they did have a few, and because he had you know some kind of re-releases DVD, and they always change. But this one was like, man, I, I gotta find some good ones here. Yeah. So, took me a while. It's good. Like your, like your, you know, your fifteenth, nineteen eighty-seven movie. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. So where were we, guys? Let's finish this up. Let's get this movie done. Well, you got Harry and Lafleur and uh, getting away in a dump truck. Almost a com- like a an a like a execution of Harry here. Close. Yeah. Yeah. Things. Get, I mean, you got finger on a trigger. This trigger's trembling. I do remember the first time I saw this when Lafleur runs up with the gun and he takes the finger off of the glove. <laughs> I thought that was the coolest <laughs> thing I'd ever seen when I was a kid. And we were watching it last night and Jenny just started cackling when he did that shit. <laughs> Dude, how did y'all like the whole part where George started doing the howl? <laughs> uh, question, did did Finding Nemo rip off Harry and the Hendersons? For the whale... Speaking whale, I think so. We rescue Harry, we get him home, and he really needs a fucking bath now after rolling around in a garbage dumpster and on top of his normal smells. Mm-hmm. Well, I love the I love Lafleur in the jail pacing back and forth. Everybody's in that shit's pretty good. Well, not only that, not only he's got garbage, he's also got Bigfoot smell all over him too. Yeah, from wrestling with Harry, which Which we've, we've established smells like balls balls hairy balls on a hot summer day it smells like fan do you have you guys heard the term fan before no feet ass and nuts 
Fan. Fan. That's a new one for me. That's what Bigfoot smells like. We get Harry home. He gets the bath in the ladies' pool or whatever it is next door. There was a condor joke, and the mom made the funniest laugh. His latest theory is that a condor flew over and took a shit in it. Like, because <laughs> it's a fake laugh. Because she's like, I know it did it. But they, they're really not very nice to their neighbor. It's also like this, like a, a comparison to. Uh, an, Christmas vacation again, where all the shit yeah. keeps happening to Margot and uh, but Irene is nice. She's just annoying. Yeah, they threw Harry threw the bumper into her fucking. Yeah, pool. yeah. She shit. she might have just helped them with Harry if they if they were straight with her. He ate all her uh, uh, flowers. No, he didn't eat no, the flowers. The oh flowers. no, no, that's right. He picked them and took them to the daughter. That's right. That might be the sweetest part of the movie for me. I, I oh, like because yeah. he eats her corsage in the beginning, and that whole bout between her and like yelling at him about eating the corsage. I'm like, <laughs> this is hilarious. I'm loving it. I also don't feel like anybody would have confronted that Bigfoot the way she does about that corsage. Teenage hormones, like that's her course. She just couldn't take it. You know, but the part that I think is the funniest is you get the zoom in of nothing but his face with him smiling as they're like drying him, and you hear the Adams family music playing mm-hmm. in the background. That is sort of the pinnacle of the film, isn't it? Like where you're really just having fun, you're mm-hmm. everything's fine, and you got the family, everyone's happy. Like that's the sort of big smile moment of the movie where yeah. Harry's happy, they're happy, everything's cool. You know, yep. I, I love that moment. It doesn't keep you from having a good time. They let, they give you some good times. There's some drama and stuff, but it's mm-hmm. not like a constant. I feel like they they allow themselves to have more fun than, say, something like E.T. does. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's definitely more in the comedy territory as opposed to the dramatic, you know, emotional aspects of E.T. that that gets into, especially in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, I, feel I don't like- know. They're uh, here toward the end. That part where they go to take him back to the woods—that's pretty fucking harsh, man. I mean, there's a lot of similarities oh, yeah. to ET with that there, but I—I I feel like it gets to the finale of this movie really fast. Yeah, like- because you got Doctor Wrightwood shows up because he found out that. Remember, he was looking for Doctor Wrightwood, but the guy at the Bigfoot Conservatory, or whatever, yeah. said it wasn't him, but it was him. And he shows up at the house. So. That is that is also another really good tender moment when he finds. Oh, he's like, just like, oh, yeah, so yeah. Awesome. <laughs> that was genuine like joy, and you mm-hmm. do you, you like, you relish in his joy, and everyone's excited, and Harry's excited, and I love that guy. I love that moment. I love where he gets his. Sleeping bag so you can sleep next yeah. to Harry that night. Yeah, they thought he just it's left. So and he comes sweet. back with the sleeping bag and it. But yeah. I like the part where Harry's putting the bushes in the corner. He's like <laughs> making a bed. I love when Harry hands him some of the twigs too, yeah. and he lays down with him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He goes here. You want some twigs? <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, this stuff is really soft. You're gonna need this. <laughs> but you kind of wonder. It's like he sees him. But I wonder how many times that like Harry's actually seen him in the woods because this guy's obviously been up in those woods for a long time. You almost kind of wonder if Harry's actually seen him before. Yeah. And it's also like, it kind of puts you a little on edge when they bring that guy to the house too, because like when he's interacting with Lafleur, like you can get the sense that he's kind of on the same level as that guy and maybe like would be bad. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. You do wonder. Yeah. Is he going to back? Is he going to, is this going to backfire on them? Like, right. Yeah. LaFleur shows up at the house. They got to get Harry out. Cause that's what the whole idea is. Uh, right. When it showed up, they're going to take Harry home. Mm-hmm. Cause they know he needs to go, yeah. which the yeah. son's upset about it. I mean, he's, I mean, it's like losing your favorite dog or animal. You're like, I know you got to give him away. We're moving type thing. You know, you got to go let him go free. So, and it breaks your heart to see that George has to like when he slaps when he slaps him, Harry. Oh, and, oh no, he didn't slap. He punched him. Yeah, like oh, he punches him. Close fist. Close fist. Yeah, and then he just does the Yankees. Yeah, exactly. But ultimately, the dog the the dog is really kind of who saves the day in the end. I would say. Because you got the relativity of the dog being, you know, he's our pet and all of that. And I, <laughs> that, that shot of Lafleur like wanting to, to, to take Carrie out and Harry just sort of like bringing him in and petting his head. And it's just like, that's the moment where you're just like, God damn, like, how could you want to kill this thing? Like, right. Yeah. And it's a, it's a great moment. It's a great way to, to yeah. You, you don't expect Lafleur to, to turn like that. Yeah, and having him turn as unlikely as it seems is a lovely little moment, you know. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, even before that, remember the whole thing with the footprints and the family's trying to do more footprints to lead Lafleur away. Yeah, mm-hmm. Lafleur's running around with the rifle in the woods, and we've got we've got the Hendersons kids walking around. We got Looney Tunes happening. Well, we got a, a pulling a Danny Torrance here, walking backwards in their feet, yeah. <laughs> their footprints. <laughs> But the thing is, is Harry sees that and he knows he's got the gun. He jumps down because now he's trying to make sure they don't get hurt. Yeah, exactly. Which is magical. It's a wonderful little switch, you know, flip of the script there at the end where they're protecting him and he's protecting them. And we skipped a part where Lafleur knees him in the nuts. (laughs) A delayed reaction if there ever was (laughs) that noise. not invincible you know no george and lafleur about to fight and harry stops him yeah he's like no 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 and then like you said he takes lafleur and i think it's just what it is he makes lafleur realize that he's not an animal because remember when they were in the uh george's dad's store they're talking about the bear lafleur shot that bear yeah yeah so he's been an avid hunter to him a Bigfoot would be the game, but then he realizes and he's that's not... a small game that yeah. he gave them that small bear. <laughs> they say goodbye to Harry and he walks off and then you see the other big. Oh, yeah. Feet, big foots. What is the plural? The big feet. The Sasquatch, the Sasquatch, the Sasquatches. Saskatchewan? Yeah, the Sasquatches, the Sasquatch or the Sasquatches. Or is it Sasquatch Eye? Anyway, they they know how to hide. Yes. Sasquatchy. He doesn't, but they do. And I could totally see them. They weren't hiding all that well. They I were could hiding see them. pretty well. I they weren't there till that last shot, brah. Dude, the first time I saw this movie when I was a kid, I didn't notice them standing there. No. no I was way. like, whoa. So. No way. Josh is full of shit if he says he did. But hey, uh, but we did miss the part that Harry talked. Oh, that's right. Dang. Harry speaks. I forgot about that. Okay. Mon Dieu. They have a language? Again, feels a lot like, I'll be right here. <laughs> <laughs> 
living in your closet, eating your Reese's, watching you when you sleep, you creepy little alien. The good, the bad, the ugly. <laughs> Is that how you would call a Sasquatch? <laughs> Is that your Sasquatch call? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jason, you pick the movie. Go ahead and start with your good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, my good uh, is the, the great mix of humor and emotion through the whole movie. The, like you said, the, the facial emotion, funny parts of Harry and the sad, the happy. I mean, you, without saying a word, he, you know how he feels. Mm-hmm. Uh, give it up to Rick Baker and his team. A lot of great body language on there. But the creature effects of Rick, uh, Rick Baker, like you said, you said earlier, this is his favorite creature he created. And you still to this day, 2022, that suit holds up when yeah. you watch this movie. It, it looks does. fantastic. Yep. Better than any CGI ever could have put. Uh, yep. The bad, I really don't have that much bad. I mean, LaFleur sucks, you know. The whole thing that you know, all these people are out trying to kill. They're bloodthirsty because there's a Bigfoot in the neighborhood. Let's kill everybody. The guns, 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 guns. Everybody's trying to take my guns. <laughs> Let's not get into that part. But there is no ugly. I got no ugly. Mine are along the same lines as Jason, so I could pretty much just hit the same shit as Jay. I had Rick Baker, and the gun nut stuff is is bad. And uh, if I had an ugly, I would say I don't like when Harry talks. I would rather Harry not talk. That would be my ugly. I kind of agree. I think it's in, indulgent. You don't need to have it. You said it better than I could. <laughs> it doesn't need to be there. Um. So my good for this other than just Harry, period, and the marvel that is John Lithgow. John Lithgow's great. He's great. Or Lithgow. However, you know, you prefer. However I say it. Mm -hmm. George's arc. Yeah. He changes. He does. He is one way his whole life, brought up that way, indoctrinated by his father. It's his business to, you know, sell weapons Mm -hmm. to hunters and other folks. It's a rifle, girls. He can shoot with it. It's a gun. Um... But hunting is a big part of his life. And he is presented with new information. And he changes his mind. Holy shit. What a concept. (sighs) Is that allowed? Are you allowed to do that? You can't change your mind based on new information. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I don't think so. I think that's against the rules. Wow. The opinion of somebody else can actually change you. What? I've got information, man. New shit has come to light. <laughs> new shit has come to light. And sometimes new shit does come to light. Yep. Yes. And you should acknowledge it. Also, uh, adding to that, uh, he is raising a son. And he's already started to raise a son a certain way. And you can see how that son is starting to behave. No way it's alive. You trashed him, Dad. It's probably guts and eyeballs hanging off the bumper. And he, he does not have any value for life. Shoot it! He doesn't have, you know, you can see the son is is a shallow, uncaring sort of individual in the beginning. Dad, shoot it anyway! By the end, uh, he realizes, you know, and, and their whole family does, of course, but 
Yeah, he it, Harry comes in before he makes a mistake and and yep. and pushes his son in that direction as well. So yeah. yep. it's just a beautiful message. Yeah, I think and sure. it is. And and Lithgow is good enough to carry it. Yeah, and, you know his he's he's a great actor. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Bad. The only thing I'm going to say, and we've already talked about this, is. The little kid, Ernest, is very annoying in the beginning. And it's not even just like what he's. He's on 11. He's on yeah. 11 the whole time. He's like screaming his mm. lines. And I'm just like, <laughs> shut up. Like, take it down a notch. So, um, and yeah, I don't have any ugly other than don't hunt animals for sport. All right, Eric, finish this up. Okay, good. I'm going to say. This is kind of with you guys, like Harry is amazing, but when, when Harry lifts up Ernie and smiles at him and they just immediately become best friends, Yeah, mm-hmm. that's just such a, and as a little kid watching this, I wanted my own Harry yeah. to be my best friend mm-hmm. and I wanted to, you know, like, I mean, that's just the, as a little kid watching that, you just immediately go, man, I wish I had a, a Harry, a big, strong, nice Sasquatch to be my best pal, you know <laughs> how cool is that? Uh, bad is I I I added my bad based on Josh's comments earlier. I think the scale problems are bad. Josh's scale comments were accurate and fair, and it's a problem. It's really I mean it's kind of nitpicky, but it is definitely there. It's such a big difference that it's worth mentioning. Yeah. Um. And then my ugly was ruined by Jenny. Peanut butter in the fridge was my ugly. <laughs> and you ruined my shit. You can tell my reaction when we, uh, when you go back and see that. <laughs> I was not happy when she said that. But uh, it's she's right. Peanut butter in the fridge is stupid. Jason's right. It would tear the bread unless you toast it. If the toast is hot enough, it'll no, warm no, it up. No, no, no. Toasted bread, room temperature peanut butter is optimal for the perfect amount of melting while still maintaining the, the solid That's state right. of the peanut and butter. And melty peanut butter is delicious. It is. They have to have the appropriate viscosity of peanut butter <laughs> to flow across the bread. If it ain't dripping, you ain't sipping. I don't know. <laughs> None of that. I, I didn't have it. But point is, you want it to be dripping. Okay, you want some drippy? Have either of you tried a grilled peanut butter and jelly or sandwich? Absolutely, I have. Who do you think you're talking to? <laughs> Toasted peanut butter and jelly is superior. All right, all right. Harry, Henderson. Harry and the Hendersons. We finally knocked this one out of the park. We Let did. us know. 1987, number I, nine, maybe. Something I don't know. Like that. I'm not. We are hung sure. up. The year I turned ten. All the good movies came out in 1987. We've determined that on this show. Yeah. Uh, tell us what you thought. What you think about Harry and the Hendersons? Is this one that you revisit all the time? Is this something that you don't watch very often? Let us know in the comments below. We'd like to talk to you about it. If you haven't hit that subscribe button, please make sure you do that. We will be back next time. Until then, be kind. Rewind. Rewind.